Hello, everybody. This is Tommy Allen with the Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association, hosting again the Sheriff's Office podcast for Tyler County. And today we're going to be talking with the superintendents of schools from Woodland Park and Cripple Creek. In the studio today, as always, we have Lieutenant Bunting. Hello. Commander Sullivan is back. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Yes, sir. And in the studio, joining us as special guests today, we have Miriam Mondragon, the superintendent of schools for Cripple Creek Victor School District, RD1, and Matthew Neal, superintendent of schools for Woodland Park School District, RD2. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good morning, Teller County. How long have you been in the area? This, are you a lifelong person here as well, No, Miriam? not lifelong. Um, I've been in Cripple Creek for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Started my career in Pueblo at Pueblo City Schools as a teacher. Okay, and how long have you been the superintendent of schools over in Cripple This Cripple is Creek? my second year. Oh, very nice. Woo-hoo. All right. <laughs> and Mr. Neal? Dr. Neal? Either one is fine. Oh. Uh, Miriam is... Miriam... Beats me. She's like the long-standing superintendent in the county. She's, okay. she's two years, and I'm I'm right at ninety days. Okay. Yeah. So, so I need all it. I need all the help I can get. So how those ninety days been for you? They've been great. They've been great. You know, but I, I was born and raised in Colorado. I'm a Front Range native. Um, actually, grew up on a ranch uh, north of uh, Fort Collins. Okay. And so about every four or six weeks, I get drugged back up with my brothers to do fencing or uh, <laughs> hay work or. 600 bales two weeks ago and uh-huh. you know I, I wow. it was uh, it's a different life up there and then I get to come back here and be a superintendent so it's it's kind of nice very nice <laughs> do my other job the best of both worlds it is yes. so um, a lot of things going on there. well actually before we get started let me talk about the the uh, shop of the hero event that we got coming up in December uh, what were those dates again the 10th, 11th, and 12th of December. Yes, yeah, so hosted by the Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association. It's every year just a fantastic uh, event to really help out with the kids in the community, uh, well, throughout the throughout the county here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those smiling faces and, and the ability for them to have a real, real Christmas. Absolutely. And this year our goal is to raise $30,000, uh, so we'll be able to help uh, – Many kids, many kids in our community. So that'll be starting here pretty quick. We're going to have more kids this year than ever, aren't we? Probably. I absolutely think we'll have more kids than ever. And uh, each year it's grown just huge. And as you know, we work with all the first responders in Teller County. It's not just Teller County Sheriff's Office. Everybody, if you're looking to donate for the Shop of the Hero event, go to tellercountyhdsa.org. In the top right on the website, you'll see a button that says, Take action. And if you push that button, you'll have instructions on how you can donate one of several ways. So please, if you have the opportunity, go do that. Okay, let's get started with the podcast. What do you say? What are the biggest challenges that each school district faces? You know, we've been working really hard to re-engage our students, especially at the secondary level. And COVID has thrown a huge wrench into that. Obviously, we know that um, remote learning is not the ideal situation if you want to re-engage students. So we've just really been working hard on bolstering our career and technical ed programs, making education more meaningful and relevant for our students, and really tying it into post-secondary plans. But COVID has been a huge challenge, and really that's at um, the forefront of our concerns for the past couple of school years, to be honest. Well said, Miriam. Uh, you know, in Woodland Park, I think when, when we came in in, in July and, and, and did a, kind of looked at the lay of the land and to see where our staff were, um, just getting them started into the school year, they you know doesn't didn't really feel like they had a huge you know break. They feel like they were a little bit tired, you know, coming off of, of last year. And so, being both medical professionals looking in and tracking COVID in the schools, and 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 being educational professionals, I think that took a lot of our out of our staff. And and so, I'm um, getting our staff set up right at the at the at the onset and making sure that they feel 
honored and appreciated and, and that they, they came in and they felt part of the Woodland Park family, you know, so to speak. We had 64 new employees come in and wow. that's, a, that's a lot of new faces coming in to our community and, and to bringing them on to the kind of the direction of where the district is going and, and making them feel also part of that family. And then I guess last was, was making sure that our students, you know, many of our students um, had done homeschool or had done online learning. You know, we had kindergartens that had never walked in a line before. And so little things like, you know, classroom organization and sitting still for long periods of time. And like we all grew up with learning to be in school, they kind of got a break from that for a year in some cases. And so making sure that our students were emotionally ready and socially ready to get back to school. It took, it took a little bit, you know, at the beginning of the school year. I do feel like we're, we're off to a, a great start, but it, it was kind of starting a cold engine on, on a December morning. I mean, it was just getting everything moving. It took, took a little effort, and our teachers did a great job at it. You know, you bring up a really good point because some of the um, parents that we have worked with, um, that was the hardest thing for the kids is not having that social interaction, especially kids that had no brothers and sisters, and uh, they really missed their friends, you know, and, and they didn't get to see them because they didn't live close by or they lived in the country or whatever, you know, the fact was, but it was just really tough on them. I would agree, but I would actually agree the opposite. I have two kids that brothers and sisters and they were ready just to get rid of each other I get out of the room with my sister on the computer screen so that was great too right, you know, right. kids kids wanting to be back at school sure doctor you mentioned goals um, both being relatively new what are your vision what are your goals for the districts well my goals are um, closely aligned to the principal's staff and I think our families and that's just to meet the social emotional needs of our students first so that they are prepared in a mindset that they can actually access what we're teaching them. So a lot of focus on social emotional learning and mindfulness this year. We start every morning at the elementary school um, in a whole group assembly with teachers just doing some brain activities and mindfulness exercises, a little bit of yoga tossed in there just to help us get in the right mindset to learn. Um, and again, making education relevant again and really helping our um, older students know that there is hope for their future, and we are going to help them get wherever it is that they want to be. So uh, to echo what Miriam said on, on goals, you know, as a first 90-day superintendent, I think you, you do come in post-COVID goals, and you look at things differently. Our employees in, in Woodland Park are so incredibly loyal. I, I went to the football game, uh, I think, two weeks ago, and one of the gentlemen I talked to had sat in the same exact spot with his family for over 20 years. He doesn't have kids in the system. He just wants to be a part of Woodland Park. And so we have staff all over the district that are incredibly loyal, that are doing a great job. And so making sure that in my first 90 days, and I'm listening and I'm learning, uh, we have to do some things better. Uh, number one of those is is communication. It's, it's one of the reasons why we had a public information officer for a number of years. Uh, really was important to us to, to get that position refilled as, as soon as possible. Um, that, our, that our parents would know um, kind of where we're going and, and how we're getting there. It, and it's, it's a journey. It's not, it's not just a destination. I think in my first 90 days, looking and seeing there are things to fix. Um, there are things to improve on. They're not gargantuan, huge items, but, but I think every day when you come to work and you take advice from the staff that have been there, I mean, I, I've got a secretary that has been there 28 years 
And so I'm able to kind of lean over the, you know, across the hallway and say, is this a, is this a big deal or is this a small deal? And she's able to kind of thumbs up or thumbs down. Right. And you, you kind of read the, the, the audience or read your staff and try to help them kind of get to that place of we are going to be doing some things differently, but that is a, that's a slow process. Um, Renee and I were, were talking, you know, on the way in that a school district is, is a pretty large kind of a cruise ship. We're one of the largest employers in Teller County and, and we're going to make changes, but th- it's going to be under um, coaching and advisement and connection with our community. Um, I'm out listening to parents and, and developing those, those goals regardless. And we're not going to talk a ton about elections, but we're going to have new members on the board. And so listening to what they want to do and, and where they want to go as well. And so I think that's all part of being a new leader, but then even listening to what Miriam says, you know, the social emotional has taken precedence uh, over uh, just about everything. Um, that, that our kids are, are mentally healthy and and prepared coming off of COVID, and understanding that they're cared for, they're appreciated them, you know, being in schools, and that our staff are are able to address the social emotional needs. And so, very well said on her side. And you know, and I also want to add to that is that I want to commend you because um, since you've been here, you really have your. Twitter and your Instagram and your Facebook up again, and people are really responding and they're seeing what's happening. And that was not as, you know, um, busy as it was in the past, you know, so that's really great. Good well, for you guys. Thank you. Typos and all, you know, there's <laughs> Alex will send me a message and said, Hey, you have a quick typo. Okay. I'll fix that. We all have that. <laughs> well, Matthew, I just want to commend you for being in your first 90 days, but recognizing the importance of listening to your staff, especially those who have been in the district for a long time, like the administrative assistant for 28 years. They know everything, right? They could run the school district. So, yeah, that's smart of you, smart of you to listen. So, Miriam, what do you see as far as uh, the the, uh, the social landscape now as opposed to before COVID? Um, are you seeing a difference in the way kids interact with one another, the way teachers interact with the kids, that kind of thing? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, Prior to COVID, um, we really had established this family atmosphere, and our students um, were definitely a part of that. Our families were a part of that, members of the community. And since then, we just haven't been able to do nearly as much as we want to, and we've done in the past, having family engagement nights and events at the school district. Um, It's just not something that we've been able to do, and it's it has gotten in the way of building those relationships. But I think that we still make it a point to reach out to our families, um, to have events safely um, where we can reconnect. But there's definitely more of a disconnect in the last year and a half than there has been in the past. And we just, we know there are needs in our community and our families have needs. And so if it's phone calls or Zoom meetings, um, we still try to make those connections strong. We'd love to do more, I can tell you that. would like to commend you. We came down for uh, some of the graduation yes. stuff last year, and it was, it really felt like a family. It, it was, it it was did. really yeah. neat so, to be yeah. a part of that. Yeah, I'm blessed to be where I am, so. You know, and, they ha- and they're still having, you know, some of the events. Um, they had National Night Out. I know we had the bad weather, but then we ended up doing it later. And then also we're getting ready for um, trick-or-treating. You know, Halloween's coming up. And so I was glad to see we're going to be able to have that event. Yeah, the Creek trunk well. or treat. Trunk Come or treat. Come on down. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> um, and Matthew, so uh, being here in your first 90 days, how has uh, your relationship with, like, the parents 
evolve? Well, so I get to be both parent and superintendent, which is fun. Um, I've got the world's greatest fourth grader that is ready for trick or treat, trunk or treat, or going to the high school. He right. asked me if he was, daddy, is, am I too old to go to, to no son, we can go together, you know? So, <laughs> but I, th- I think, you know, we've had lots of conversations with parents, um, both formal and informal. You know, you, you do get parents that have a very long-standing history with, you know, with the district that they you know, the kids, you know, or even themselves, they've, they've been here. So we're, you know, sometimes third generation families that'll come and you have a cup of coffee with, and then you have, you have new families, ideas from, you know, down in, you know, Colorado Springs or, or even our new city manager, uh, Michael and I've had uh, great conversations from, from his experience in Aurora and, and what his kids experienced up there, you know, and, and how we can improve things here. But I think overall connecting with parents, absolutely part of our, our daily work. I substitute taught uh, in, in classrooms, which is I don't know, maybe a glutton for punishment, but I, <laughs> I did, I did a sixth, seventh and eighth grade, uh, two weeks ago at the middle school. And, uh, I avoided my daughter's classroom and, you know, she, she asked me, please, daddy, don't come in my classroom. And I, and I, I, I did avoid her classroom, but, you know, even connecting with kids and, and, and seeing what they're seeing on the front front lines in the classroom, um, you know, we're coming off of this heavy screen time COVID environment and making sure um, that our kids are connecting face to face with other kids. It's it's very easy for them to pick up their phone or pick up a laptop, and, en- and engage and interface, which is not what we want. We've actually put it, um, you know, to our high school teachers as well that that a student um, can't just log in from home. They need to come to class. They need to be in class, and they need to engage with other students. And that's that's the way we believe in Woodland Park. And I'm and I'm sure some of this is very true for Miriam in in Cripple Creek. We believe you got to be there to get an education, and that's not sit- sitting there listening to a computer screen on uh, while in your house. That's engaging with kids, because I don't know about you, but I don't yet think the world is going to an online work world. We are engaging with people, and that's that's part of what our job is in, in the classroom is to teach kids to engage with each, with each other. And it's my job as a dad too, because I, I get that you know don't get along with and didn't get along with, and and that we have conversations about. There's a lot of different people in this world, and and. We, you know, you don't get to pick who you work with. And so it's just part of it. Even as an adult, um, Zoom meetings and all that at workplace, I don't do well with those. I need interaction and need to be with people. So I understand the frustration. I can't imagine what the frustration is a small kid or a teenager would feel. Well, and being at home is a huge distraction, right? Even as adults, when we're ho- sure. working from home, it's very easy to disconnect from that Zoom meeting and you know, toss a load of laundry in the dryer or something. <laughs> right, know. exactly. Well, kudos, kudos, yeah, so. kudos to our parents that had to manage that, right, right across exactly. across Colorado and the world. Um, you know, I've been in the Middle East for the last six years and uh, raising my own kids, and it was the same over there as it is here. Um, you know, watching kids go to an on, all online environment and de-socialize. Um, yes, we had a lot of puzzles and games in the Neil House and, you know, hangout times, but we also had a lot of arguments into your corner and, you know, and go to your room and, you know, those kind of conversations. So parents had to navigate that. And, and, and so um, kudos to the parents working and non-working that were able to navigate that. And just that semblance of normalcy this year has really been refreshing. And I, I think now kind of month number three, Thanksgiving, you know, around the corner, I think families are feeling like this is about as normal as they've had for, for a number of years. And it just, it feels good. Obviously, we've been spending the last several years, or last year or so, dealing with the, the COVID situation. How are the school districts here in Teller County uh, looking at those those potential mandates and the, the, well, just COVID in general, really? 
Right. So in Cripple Creek, Victor, we don't necessarily have any mandates um, at this point. However, I have asked for um, staff, especially staff who are unvaccinated, to mask up when they are around others or in class. I am not requiring students to wear masks this year. That's really in alignment with the uh, with what the commissioners are saying too, the county commissioners as well, right? And we're, and we're doing the same in, in Woodland Park. We've in, again encouraged staff to those that are not vaccinated to wear a mask. It's interesting though that uh, many of our staff, I would say the majority of our staff, for their own safety at times, they 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 will wear masks. And so you know you have all the way to one side and all the way to the other side opinions about masking and non-masking, and it's so difficult to kind of navigate that. I get letters um, from parents of don't mask our kids. And then I do get letters from our parents as please do mask our kids. And so what we've tried to do is, is create levels, kind of a triage level where it's necessary. And so we've had, you know, cases in classrooms. And when we know that during the month of September, we kind of track those cases. When we have a, a, a cohort, a group of students that are showing an outbreak, then the students in that one class will go to a mask. And that's, that's different maybe than the past where a whole school would go to mask or a whole school would close down. So try to really isolate that to, to where it's happening. We had one of our athletic teams that did experience a, kind of an outbreak of COVID. And so, you know, they were kept home for seven days to make sure that that had run its course and that students were in some ways protected from that group of, of athletes um, from transmitting you know, COVID in that case. Our high school did go for one week. Um, they crossed the threshold of, of what we uh, had previously established as a threshold for needing masks. Students were incredibly respectful and, and staff were incredibly, just really honored. Um, I, I called over and I walked, you know, the hallways and, and students understood that this is the week we're going to wear masks and we do that so that next week we don't have to. And whether you believe it helps or doesn't believe it helps, again, that, that was our triage decision. And since then we haven't. Right. So it's it's been good to have steps in the process and respect both ends of the spectrum. But we're also aware that masks off kids um, learning in classrooms is the best way to do it. I mean, we know that we want to see the kids, the faces and we want to see the emotions of our, our students and the smile in the classroom. And that really helps them connect socially, emotionally. Um, COVID's been tough through for, you know, for that. We're trying to navigate that. And, and again, I'm not sure that we've got all the answers, but we try to do it as a class by class, case by case basis. There is obviously right now a very uh, large concern about how the school districts are, where they're going, who they're being run by. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about who you are and where you come from, what your background is, teaching background, education background. Can I ask you just to kind of tell us a little bit about your career, where you started and and how you got to this point? Yeah, sure. So um, I graduated from Central High School in Pueblo, Colorado always a wildcat, um, and uh, started my career in Pueblo City Schools as a third grade teacher. I taught there for 11 years um, and then got my administrative license, applied for the position in Cripple Creek as Crescent Elementary Principal, and landed it. So um, started up there at the 2011 school year, um, was principal for seven years, and then left for a couple of years to care for my mom. She was terminally ill with cancer, um, and then came back, hired back as Crescent Elementary principal, and then um, the then superintendent resigned from his position, and um, they appointed me superintendent. So... Here so I am. Before actually becoming superintendent of the schools, you actually had almost a decade worth of experience over in Cripple Creek. Yeah, close to it. 
So I've been at edu- education uh, about uh, 19, almost 20 years now. Uh, started in a uh, medium-sized district up in Brighton, 27J. Had a, had a chance to, to really both grow in their system as well as uh, step into some junior leadership roles. Had an opportunity to work uh, for several years down in Durango, Colorado, and then worked um, in the massive metro- metropolis of Denver Public Schools. And, and it, it, it was, again, eye-opening. I, I saw a lot of different ways of doing school through those, really, those three experiences. When I looked back at, you know, at my career, I was able to teach um, business courses. I was, you know, I have a background in business administration and and taught business. I also have a not a lot of people know this, but I have a bachelor's degree in fine arts. And so, when I got you know down on my luck and just felt like I needed a reprieve, I'd go and I had a chance to teach some art courses for a couple of years. And but again, leading schools really had a chance to see different ways of doing school. So Denver has a lot of charter schools. They have a lot of innovation schools. Was able to step into the superintendent role uh, directly out of Denver uh, for just a short period uh, up in Wyoming. And then uh, we looked at our kids and looked at the scenario. Our kids were, you know, three and five at the time and, and felt like it was a good time to to do a much larger, larger move. And, and so we moved overseas. We stepped into a, a large system of schools uh, in the Middle East uh, quite a bit bigger than than even Woodland Park, but it, but it was it was the right time, and our kids were the right age, and uh, we did that for six years. Uh, finished my doctorate work at uh, USC, um, had done some my undergraduate here at, at Colorado State University, and then when we really looked at our kids going into middle school, made the decision that it's time you know we'd come home during the summers and remind them to what it means to be an American, and what it means to have you know um, a Fourth of July parade, and and just all of the values that we have. Uh, as American, I'm, an, I'm really a patriot and, and, I, and I appreciate what has been given to me as an American citizen. And when you live overseas, um, you're even more, even more appreciative of, of those things. Great learning overseas and great, great, uh, great experience and diversity in different cultures. Um, but coming back to Colorado was, was really our goal. When, when the opportunity at Woodland Park opened up for, for us, um, we looked in this area and said, that's exactly where we want to be and um, was, was honored by the board um, for, for the selection and going through that process this last spring. Um, ecstatic until we, until we came here to try to buy a house, and then we kind of went through that, that, that <laughs> yeah. whole process. But, but it's great, really great to be here. I do st- still try to get in the classroom, you know, a couple times a month. Last year, in fact, when, you know, when we, all the schools were online, I did teach a business class all year to try to stay connected to students. Education now, uh, 19 years, and lo- love Colorado, Colorado native, and we were out mountain biking this weekend along Woodland Park, and I can't imagine a better fall. So we've left every year in August, and I've missed the turning of the trees, and I've missed the season, and so my kids, you know, just kind of want, you know, went around, and we found a little bit of snow and a little bit of aspen trees, and <laughs> it's it's a fabulous time to be in Colorado. I just have to say, Central Drools, Pueblo County rules. There's some history there. Uh-oh. You know, we're probably getting to the point where we can wrap this up. Is, is there anything that you, either of you wanted to talk about specifically that we could get into a little bit here before we close this out? You know what? I, I guess I would say in the new community member in Woodland Park, um, we have had folks that have come um, from all areas of town in the, in the region to, to welcome us as a family. And that's the reason why we moved here. You know, not just uh, apple pies and, and, and cookies at the doorstep, which is great to have, by the way. Um, <laughs> but just, you know, even welcoming our kids, you know, not knowing that your, your children are the superintendent's kids, and then just have them be a part. And, and so we have a very inclusive community. Um, I don't see the, the clicks and the separations that we have in a lot of schools, um, particularly when I was in Denver, uh, Denver Public Schools. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an inclusive community, and folks are 
in it to, for, for the education of kids and, and our staff are too. I mean, we, we just left two, two solid days of professional development and um, staff were there bright eyed and, and ready to go first thing in the morning and dedicated to, to our kids and to, to be able to work with the staff that are, the word that keeps coming to mind is loyal, loyal, loyal. Our, ki- our, our staff are so loyal to our students and making sure they get what they need. And that's been hard over the last two years, um, not knowing exactly what our students students need. You know, we have students that did really participated well last year, and then we have some students that did not participate well. And so the gap between those two is, is really tremendous. Staff that are a- able to bring those together, and when we walk into classrooms, I'm sure Miriam sees the same thing in Cripple Creek. You have students that are low in the mids and the high students, and, and teachers and staff are doing an incredible job. And uh, yep, we have work to do to improve, and we have we have uh, you know some strategic uh, thinking to do for, you know moving forward. But the fabric of who we are as Woodland Park is, and the traditions we have, a, f- a parade down Main Street when they close <laughs> the highway, it was just phenomenal. That, that we have those type those type of traditions. Uh, there's a lot of schools um, this same size that have none of that, or, or th- that have very a greatly reduced uh, field of opportunities for kids. The sports we have and the, the, the forensics in the after school, the CTE, you know, uh, Woodland Park schools. And, and again, Cripple Creek is, is, has, you know, a lot of these exact same programs. There's a lot of things for our students to learn through. And, and I'm just, I'm really honored to, to, to learn about those every day when I come to work. I, I beat everybody. I tried to beat everybody at the office early this morning. I was excited to come to work um, about an hour before I normally get there. And there were staff that were there at six o'clock, six fifteen this morning, getting things ready for the week. And so very dedicated staff. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that Matthew, your staff being there, even though you were attempting to get there before them. That's one thing that I noticed, um, immediately after joining Cripple Creek Victor is just the level of dedication and love that our staff have for our families and students and each other. Um, there were times I told them, you really need to just go home, right? Do you live here? (laughs) Some of them do. Um, but they, they take great care of each other, and I think that's so important, especially in these days and times. They're hosting a soup for the soul. This is staff hosting it for, for each other, and, you know, they really care. They care about the students that they serve, and we are really in a service industry, right? Our role is to educate and protect and support our kids um, and our staff, and I see that every single day in Cripple Creek Victor. We have a lot of great programs, a lot's happening in the district, um, and just want to put it out there that we do have some openings. So if anyone listening is interested in auto shops. We also shop, have those in Woodland Park as well. Okay. <laughs> it's my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> a building trades instructor. We are looking for a K-12 music teacher. So if anyone out there wants to come join the Cripple Creek Victor family, we'd love to hear from you. It's so important to the, to the county uh, that we have great learning facilities so that our kids can go on to become the great workers, leaders, businesses of Teller County tomorrow. And so it's really good to see that we have that in such good hands. So I, I really want to say thank you both for, for coming by today and, and talking to us about the school districts and about who you are and you know, giving us that confidence and that trust in what we have to look forward to for our kids. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Lieutenant Bunting, Lieutenant Bunting, and Commander Sullivan. Thank you so much for thank you, Tommy. joining us today. Thank you for Tell having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, so I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this podcast, and we will see you next time. Everybody out there listening, have a great day.
Uh, go to uh, T. Uh, gosh, man, I am a mess this morning. 